We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. On this Tuesday afternoon, uh, late Tuesday, and, uh, and a somber Tuesday because we've just received... Breaking news that the captain, Willis Reed, uh, longtime captain of the New York Knicks, two-time NBA champion with the New York Knicks, among uh, uh, many, many accolades, has passed away today at the age of 80. The captain has passed away. Uh, CP the franchise here. And a special guest with me today. He's been a, a previous guest on this show um, to to talk about his book, Memoirs of a Knicks Fan, because he, as a young kid, lived to see those glory days of those 70s championship teams that was spearheaded by one, number 19, Willis Reed. And I'm, I'm wearing my 19 jersey today. But that is Fred Cantor. Fred, how, how you doing today? Well, uh, ordinarily I would have said good, but, you know, when I got the news from you, um, um, you know, it took a bit out of me. Uh, Willis, as you know, is, you know, one of the iconic athletes from my youth and one of my two all-time favorite Knicks along with Clyde. And, uh, I realized living the eighties, a good run. I just figured he'd be one of those guys to live to be a hundred because he was such a bull and he was always doing stuff outdoors. And, uh, I mean, I do remember seeing the video of him, uh, at the 70, 50th anniversary of the 73 celebration. And um, he did look gaunt, so I assumed something was not 100% right with him. But still, you know, to get the news that one of your all-time favorites, you know, is gone, it's, 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 it's a blow. Two-time NBA champion with the Knicks, two-time finals MVP. Uh, the MVP of the NBA of, in 1970, and also a member of uh, both the 50th anniversary team and the 75th anniversary team uh what were some of your your earliest memories of of willis when you used to attend games at the garden well um willis was drafted uh in in 64 and his 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 um 
So his rookie year was 64, 65. And what a lot of people do not remember is that Willis wasn't even a first round draft pick by the Knicks. He was being strongly considered by them, but they took uh, Jim Bad News Barnes. Mm. And um, the Knicks grabbed them with the first pick of the second round. And obviously there were far fewer teams. So, uh, um, and, and it, Red Auerbach was rightfully considered someone who was a great assessor of talent. But believe it or not, he selected Mel Counts right before Willis. And think of how Nick's history would have been different yeah. if, uh, if 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 uh, Red Auerbach had selected uh, uh, Willis Reed with uh, the Celtics' first pick. Any case, Willis made an impression right away. Um, you know, there weren't as many games to watch on TV back then, but I would see some of them. You know, listen on radio and also read about the team in the, in the New York Times. And he made an impression right away because. Uh, he was putting up some great stats and, um, you know, and he did get rookie of the year and I got to see him for the first time, uh, Christmas vacation, uh, 65, 66 year. And, um, I jokingly refer to it as the, uh, the first here comes Willis game. And that's because, um, Willis didn't show up until the beginning of the second quarter. Um, he, uh, got stuck in traffic, holiday traffic. <laughs> he, he was living in, in, in Queens and I guess he wasn't used to what holiday traffic was at that time. So he, he, you know, he didn't show up. Uh, and, and, uh, it, but in any case, Willis instantly became one of my favorites, uh, even though I was a guard and obviously I couldn't emulate him because he was a guy who just had a tremendous skill set. Um, he was, had quickness, he had strength, he had agility. He had great moves around the basket, and he also had a feathery jumper. Mm. And um, he helped set the tone for what the Knicks would become because um, back in those days, basically the goal was to have uh, a center who you know, was big and basically operated near the basket. And when the Knicks made that fantastic trade for Dave DeBusher, Mm. In in December of of of, of sixty eight, it enabled uh, Willis to go back to his position at center, and the Knicks all of a sudden had five guys who could shoot from the outside, and Willis could go inside or outside, and he was incredibly mobile. And you know, I've long felt that they were the prototype for what the NBA became. You know, many years later. Yeah. And one yeah. thing, one thing for sure, I just want to add. Yeah, go ahead. When you went to see Willis play. You never saw him take plays off. I mean, mm. he went, I mean, if, if you saw Patrick Ewing, you know he also was, was constantly working both ends of the court. And, and Willis was like that. Um, you got your money's worth every time you saw him play. Yeah, no question about it. And, and you mentioned, um, you know, his, his prowess that would be akin today to the modern NBA big, right? Being able to, to step out, knock down a mid-range jumper, but also having a tango with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, Lou Alcindor at the time with the Bucks, and 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 you know, Wilt Chamberlain with the Lakers, Wes Unseld, you know, Willis Willis was very versatile, man. What what, what yeah. did you remember about those battles with some of those titans of the game? Especially Wilt, um, and and then right, he was originally known as Lou Alcindor, you know, before uh, he changed to to Kareem. Um, Obviously, Willis gave away a lot in the way of height, but he battled them evenly 
uh, even got the better of them sometimes because he had tremendous strength to keep them away from the basket. And he had his own incredible moves around the basket. Mm. And um, the thing is, for those who didn't see Willis in his prime, and when I say his prime, he really started suffering major knee problems, and that led to a succession of injuries in the middle of that first championship season. Mm. Um, you got to remember, the Knicks started out that year 23-1, and one, and they were dominating everybody, and they matched mm. up well against the, even the best teams. Mm. And again, that was because of the versatility of the team, including, you know, and led by Willis. And make no mistake, Willis was the best player at that time. And, um, you know, in the latter part of that season, he started developing those knee problems, you know, for, for the games in the playoffs before the infamous injury when he went down in game five against the uh, Lakers um, of the finals. He was already suffering some knee problems and getting some cortisone shots. Mm. And so there'd be one game and, and this is I'm not making up the statistic. He had 36 points and 36 rebounds wow. against the Bullets. Uh, in one of the playoff games. But there were other games where he wouldn't be as effective because all of a sudden, you know, he was becoming more erratic through these injuries. And it's long been my contention that if Willis had had the health of, say, Bill Russell, who, you know, yes, he had a sprained ankle in the finals, you know, early in his career, but otherwise he remained, you know, relatively healthy, as did many players that era. But Willis really started to go downhill at the age of 27. Mm. If he had been able to maintain just normal health of, a, of an NBA player of that era, I believe the Knicks could have run off maybe six titles in a row. And, and, and Willis would be remembered, you know, now he's remembered largely for that iconic moment coming out of the tunnel and hobbling mm. and going into game seven, which was a great moment, don't get me wrong. Mm. But I think Willis would have been remembered as the anchor of perhaps the greatest dynasty in NBA. Well, uh, obviously the Celtics uh, were, were great before that, but I'm saying um, the second greatest dynasty in NBA history because the Knicks could have been running off a series of titles and and against probably uh, more challenging competition than the Celtics faced. Yeah, and and you mentioned him going down in in uh, well coming back in seven, but he went down in five. Where 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 were you at that moment, and and did you feel like the series was going to swing to the Lakers' favor once he once he went down? Well, again, back back in those days, in in, in 1970, um, the 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 Nick home games. I'm talking about even the NBA Finals mm. really weren't on local television or national television. Um, the uh, the way you followed it, uh, well, there was cable TV, but it was very limited in Manhattan at that time. But I was up in Connecticut, and basically most of us followed the games by listening to Marv on radio. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about even the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it sounded, it, I, and I remember to this day, I was listening in my bedroom. Um, my father walked in because he was, you know, listening to another part of the house. And he said, you might as well turn it off, you know. They're not going to come back. It's it's over. But I knew as a fan, and I and 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 I was um, uh, sixteen at the time, and I was in high school. I know, you know, on occasion there are miraculous comebacks, and I figured I'm not I'm not giving up now. I'm not turning off. And and that turned out to be that game five, 
the most memorable experience I've had as a sports fan, yeah. anything that I witnessed live, whether, you know, radio, TV, being there in person, because the Knicks staged this incredible comeback. And that was spearheaded by Clyde, although it was unquestionably a team effort. But yeah, I, I, I mean, and then for game seven, all we were hoping is that, you know, just come out, maybe show your presence, maybe to hold off Wilt. And, and as we all know, he came out and hit those first two shots from the floor and the rest was history. But Willis, again, I think for those who didn't live through that era, they just, there's not enough footage of how good he was. Mm. And I, I can't really compare him to anyone today. I can tell you that he was just something that in, in the combination of skills and quickness and strength and his outside touch and inside moves, it was something I, I don't think we'd really seen before. Mm. No question about it. And, and uh, we are remembering Willis Reed. Salute to everyone in the chat that is joining us. This is a, a special edition, uh, breaking news edition of Knicks Fan TV, CP the Franchise here, joined with my special guest, Fred Cantor, uh, author of Memoirs of a Knicks Fan, where he recounts his memories of, of watching these Knicks in the 60s and 70s, uh, spearheaded by uh, the captain, Willis Reed, man. Number 19 has passed away today at the age of 18, two-time NBA champion with the Knicks, two-time NBA Finals MVP, 1970-1973, the NBA's most valuable player in 1970, seven-time All-Star. 1970 All-Star MVP, All-NBA First Team in 1970, four-time All-NBA Second Team, NBA All-Defensive Team in 1970, the NBA Rookie of the Year in 65, also a member of the All-Rookie Team, and twice made the anniversary teams of the 50th NBA season and 75th. His numbers also retired. The number 19 retired. At, at MSG, man. Definitely, definitely a sad day. Um, because when, when I went to the game that was celebrating the 73 team, he wasn't, I don't, I don't believe he was there. No, he did a, yeah. um, right, they showed, or at least watching on TV, they showed a video of him, and he did look gaunt. I was, I said to my wife, I said, oh my gosh, what's, what's happened to Willis? Because he just mm. did not look that good. So, you know, when you let me know the news today, I was, I was not shocked. Um, like I said, I was figured he'd live to 100, but, but he, he, he didn't look great then. Um, but again, for the fans of that era, um, and, you know, it was like watching, you know, Patrick, um, that for those from the 90s, remember the 90s, I mean, you would see the, the work ethic every single game. And that's what you always got from Willis. And even after he had the injury problems, you know, you could still, you would always see the effort, even when physically um, he wasn't 100%. And, you know, he was named, yes, it's, it's factually accurate. He was named MVP of the 73 championship team. But the fact of the matter is that team had unbelievable balance. Mm. Uh, there, you know, there was no one player who really deserved to be MVP. And if you look at the, the finals, you know, when they beat LA four games to one, mm -hmm. There was a different leading scorer in each of those Knicks victories. Uh, and, that, and that was the 1973 championship, right? Right. So, right. So about 73. Oh, okay. it, you know, uh, in, in, in the Knicks' first victory, that it, it was um, a dollar bill. Mm -hmm. I saw game three of the finals. Willis led, led the team in scoring. Uh, Dave DeBusher led the team in scoring uh, in, in their third victory of the series. And in the closeout, it was Pearl the Pearl. 
So four different guys, and none of those guys led the team in scoring in the regular season. And that, of course, was Clyde. And by the way, he wasn't injured, was not injured in the finals. Mm-hmm. It's just that they had such tremendous balance at that time. And I'm not sure there's any NBA team ever that replicated the pure balance that that team had mm. and it's unselfish play. And the fact that any one of those five guys could have been called upon to take the last shot, uh, could have been called to take upon the last shot from the outside. And um, I, I, you know, it's a paradigm for other teams to shoot for. I'm not saying we're ever going to see it with, with the current group of Knicks mm. uh, whom I love by the way. Yeah. And I think the foundation is being put in place for that run to a future title. Mm. But um I think in terms of the unselfishness, you know, to make that extra pass to find the open man, that's something that any team from any era could learn from. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, The selflessness of that team is something that, you know, when I speak to, you know, we we call the guys like you the OGs who've seen all of the the great Nick moments. And when I talk to, to those guys from that generation, they all say the same thing. The way that they played team ball, the way that they were selfless, the way that they played for each other. One guy had it. It was. It could be one different guy each night. Whether it was Clyde, the Bush, as you said, Reed. Maybe it's Bradley's night. Maybe it's Barnett's night. The other, and and so that's in, incredible. And then you know what's what's also admirable about that team is that the times that that w- they were living in to come together as a team. You had so much going on, so much polarization politically, uh, along racial lines, uh, everything, everything that was going on, Vietnam War, the assassination of King, and um, so so many leaders. For, you know, for them to come together, you had different, a hodgepodge group of characters. So for them to come together in this Absolutely. New the, York the, the right. championship, and, and, it's beautiful. And, and they were kind of, a, 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 and Bill Bradley's talked about this and others, they were kind of a model of the ideal world we would like to see. Because, you know, you had black and white, you had people from rural areas, you know, urban areas, you know, people from different parts of the country. And these guys came together as a team on the floor. And, you know, also they seemed to genuinely like each other. And I think we've seen that reflected over the years. Mm. And so they, they were a true team, you know, in every sense of the word. Yeah, no, no question about it, Fred. And, you know, for Willis, as you said, he came in in the late second round, coming out of Grambling, a small school. Coming out of you know rural Louisiana, segregated South, you know the, the that's what the the mental fortitude that these guys came in with. I mean, to to go through what they're going through in life, and then to still accomplish what they're able to accomplish at the at the biggest stage. You know that that's just an incredible uh, testament to his character. No question about it. Absolutely, they. I mean, the players, especially like Willis, who came from the deep South. You know. Uh, look, obviously, there there there's still racism today, and uh, there's still strides that we have to make as a nation. But what people like Willis had a face in the Deep South back then was, you know, even on another level. Yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, absolutely, man. And um, I'm going. I'm looking at a couple of the artifacts that you sent me that that you have a couple of these pictures of Willis. One is uh, of Willis. I think this is the MVP, the one that says ultimate goal. Is that his MVP trophy? I think I think that's the they're holding the championship trophy. The championship trophy. The, the, I think that was the Walter Brown uh championship trophy, uh, which is what it was known as back then. It was a yeah. different type of trophy. Um he's standing there, I think, with uh with red and um I can't remember who else. But that 
the ultimate goal, yeah, was the, the championship trophy for the, the given to the winners of the NBA title. Nice. So so was this like an insert from a magazine that you had or, or where yes. did you pull this from? So I had sent you uh, some things uh, that mm-hmm. came from the um, 19, well, uh, one of them was, or a couple might have been from the 1974, 1973-74 Media Guide or Yearbook, which mm-hmm. had pictures from the championship season. And others were from uh, the playoff program that I had uh, in 19, from the 1973 finals, which were, which were pictures uh, taken from that year or the previous year. And um, one of them, I think, uh, I think you have is, is a picture from Willis Reed's basketball camp, uh, because back then the players did not make the enormous amounts of money that they do today. So players would um, actually work in the summers and some ran their own basketball camps and Willis had a camp. Uh, Dean, the dream had a camp. Uh, Clyde, I think was executive director at the Kutcher sports Academy. Uh, you know, that's the type of thing they, they did. And I, and I had a friend who was at Willis Reed's camp and, mm. and he said, Willis was great. Now great with kids. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, tremendous, Tr- tremendous. You know, a lot of people have shared that sentiment in, in terms of his, you know, just, again, just being a selfless, selfless guy, and and he will be daily missed. Willis Reed passes away at the age of 80. Salute to Knicks Nation, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Let's throw a number 19 in the chat to remember the captain, Willis Reed, CP the franchise here, joined by my friend and special guest, Fred Cantor. Fred wrote the book Memoirs of a Knicks Fan. 
uh, documenting his time growing up in, in those days, those those days of the early, early uh, glory days of the Knicks, the 70s teams and uh, back in the 60s as well. And, and Fred, he always talked about the rivalry that the Knicks had with the Celtics back in those 60s. Uh, what was that, the, the Willis-Russell battle? What was that like for, for you? Well, Willis actually, um, he, he, he did more than hold his own against uh, Russell because um, Willis, again, had this tremendous quickness. And um, you can look at some of his stat lines uh, against Russell in the playoffs, and he did quite well. Now, admittedly, Russell was a bit older at that point, but not that past his prime. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, we hated the Celtics uh, because, you know, when I was growing up, the Knicks didn't even have a winning record. Their first winning season didn't happen until I was in ninth grade. And of course, the Celtics were winning all those titles. And there was a period uh, covering a two-year period when you played a lot more games. Hmm. The Celtics beat the Knicks, I think it was 21 consecutive times over wow. t- in a two-year period. So that was rough. But, hmm. but the worst part, and one of the reasons we really detested the Celtics, their coach, Red Auerbach, had this habit it was lighting up, you know, a victory cigar right, right. At the, towards the end of the game. I mean, talk about rubbing it in. So that's something we totally uh, detested. And, um, I mean, the way you see guys, you know, gathering handshakes, exchanging smiles after games, and I, I'm, I'm not criticizing that, but I'm saying that never happened yeah. at that point. Uh, in fact, there were a couple of times where you thought teams were about to break out into a fight after a game. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think we're all shaped by those teams, those rivalries from our childhood. So the Celtics have been a team I've always, you know, despised. And, uh, you know, I've loved what the Knicks have done against the Celtics this year in particular. And um, what I wanted to say is, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, feel blessed as a fan that I got to witness the foundation in place and the rise and development of young players and then integrating players through trades, the building up towards a championship. and. I do feel we're at, we're, we're, we're in the, I don't want to say the early stages, but we're in the stages now of, 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 of having that happen. I, you know, I was there for that golden era. I, I had uh, next season tickets from uh, 87, 88 to 99, 2000, which was the second golden era, uh, even though they didn't win at all, but you know, they, they were in contention many years and made it to two finals. I do feel right now we're are in you know, the early part of another golden era. I, I have so much faith and confidence in where they're going. And uh, Jalen Brunson, um, he's a guy who, he might ultimately make it to my Knicks uh, Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Uh, who, who's, because, in, who's in your Mount Rushmore right now? So my Mount Rushmore naturally is Willis, Clyde. They're my two all-time favorites, Patrick. And my fourth, and I'm just talking about greatness, no matter what the period of time. Okay. My fourth is Bernard. Okay. Now, look, obviously, I love the Pearl, um, you know, DeBusher, you know, uh, and there are others. But I'm talking about, remember, Bernard led the league in scoring. And, you know, even Red Holtzman said he was, you know, the greatest scoring machine you'd ever seen. And, again, this is another potentially all-time great in the NBA who was cut down in his prime. Mm. Because he was, what, 28 when he went down with that horrendous knee injury mm. uh, and then was gone? I mean, but before that, Bernard was, was just unstoppable. And, um, but I'm here to tell you, I, I don't live in the past. I, 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 you know, I'm enjoying the present. I'm enjoying what we're seeing. Jalen Brunson 
is a special player that I hope, and I'm, by the way, I'm not knocking Julius. Yeah. Julius is, is a tremendous player too. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my 95-year-old mom, soon to be 96, would, would like him to work on his anger management <laughs> issues. <laughs> but uh, uh, but Julius is a tremendous player. But I'm talking about Jalen Brunson is, is to me something even more special in a way because he doesn't have the, the physical skills or, 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 you know, attributes that, that Julius has. And it's amazing what he gets accomplished and, you know, his basketball IQ, all of that. I I'm telling you, Jalen mm. Brunson might ultimately make my Knicks Mount Rushmore and seeing him there. I, it gives me the confidence that the Knicks are well on their way, you know, plus the way Julius has been playing and others. And, um, for those who think the Knicks are far away from an NBA title, I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, making the NBA finals this year, but my attitude is there is no all-time great Golden State Warrior team this year. They weren't a great team last. I'm talking about, you know, the team that won the three and four years or whatever. The, the you know, the, the great Lakers teams or the Celtics teams from the past or the San Antonio Spurs, there's no one right now in the NBA, in my opinion, that matches that level of talent. Mm. And I think in part because of that, the Knicks, you know, can be in the mix uh, easily in the coming years. And, you know, do they need one more piece who can help? Um, I, I think so. But if you look at the development of their younger players, uh, and, and, and by the way, speaking of unselfish play that the Knicks had in, in the 70s, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly critical of the current group. I love them overall. But I'm telling you, if Quentin Grimes played on the 73 Knicks, there's no way he's only getting one shot in a game. <laughs> I'm just saying the guys would make sure that he would get the ball a little bit more for, you know, when he's waiting there. So, yeah. uh, uh, and again, I think Tibbs overall has done a great job, but, you know, there are just some things that maybe you can learn from watching the, the, the championship Knicks about getting some guys more shots. That's all. Yeah, well, if if you think about the the Holtzman tree, right? Um, who who learned under him? A Phil Jackson, right? Who who was learning under Phil Jackson? But a, a Steve Kerr. You kind of look at that that Warriors offense. A lot of people liken that Warriors offense to what the Knicks were doing back in those days of being selfless and moving the ball, moving yourselves. And yeah, if we could get Quentin Grimes a couple more opportunities, that that might help this offense, and no question about it. And, and once again, salute to Knicks Nation. Uh, we are remembering the legend, Hall of Famer, Knicks legend, uh, arguably the greatest Nick of all time, man. Depending on who you ask, arguably the greatest Nick of all time in Willis Reed. And here was uh, this was a clip from Willis's retirement ceremony. At Madison Square Garden, here's what he had to uh, here's what he had to say. And I like to say it's been my pleasure. New York Knicks have meant a lot to me in my life, and thank you very much for being so real. Thank you. Go go ahead, Fred. Go ahead. I was there for his retirement ceremony. Okay. And to and I wrote about this in the book, and to kind of illustrate how times have changed. It was not a sellout crowd mm. um, for that game. In fact, and, and I got down on the floor to take some pictures because uh, I'm an amateur photography buff. 
And, um, and I immediately saw the empty seats, sections of seats, you know, up in the blues, even some in the greens. Mm. And I think the attendance that night was only 13,000 and change. Mm. Um, now, yes, it was uh, the World Series. Uh, I think it was game four. The Yankees were playing the Reds, their first World Series in 12 years. But come on, you know, the, uh, New York City isn't big enough to support, you know, w- watching a World Series on TV and fans coming out to salute Willis Reed yeah. on his night. And um, it, it's something I just really felt empathy for him that night because I'm looking up at the at the empty, some of the empty sections and I'm thinking he's seen the same thing. And this guy, you know, he just gave up his body for this mm. team. And uh, I just cannot. And, and by the way, I don't think that would have ever happened today. I, I, I believe there would, you know, there would be a sellout crowd if uh, you know a comparable situation yeah. happened. Yeah, no, no question about it, man. And and uh, here were some of Clyde's sentiments on the captain. This was from the Knicks' fiftieth anniversary, the seventy-three team fiftieth anniversary celebration, just a couple weeks ago at uh, Madison Square Garden. That we would say. Not in our house, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. Not in our house, Kareem and Oscar Robinson. We are the New York Knicks. <laughs> All right, that's that. Uh, that was Clyde, and Clyde said he, uh, he he idolized Willis. He idolized the captain. Um, so you know. As we as time passes and and we're losing so many of our legends, we we got to make sure that that we give these guys their flowers, Clyde and Barnett and and Bradley and these guys and, and Lucas and these guys that that are surviving because this is that's the legacy of the Knicks, that's the history of the Knicks, the only two championship teams. By the way, if you had told me back in 1973, so I was a a college uh, sophomore. Uh, I was 19 years old, and I had tickets for the playoffs that year. And as I said, one of the games I saw, thankfully, was game three of the uh, finals that they beat L.A. 87-83 to go ahead two games to one. It, and, and I wrote about this in the book, too. If you told me back then, in 1973, that decades down the road, there was going to be this tiny device that I could hold in my hand that... All of a sudden, I could watch soccer games live on from Europe, yeah. or that I, could, you know, go through and 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 research anything under the sun and find historical documents, and then they'll show up right on that screen. You know, obviously, that would have blown me away. Mm-hmm. You know, something beyond anyone's wildest dreams. You know, but then I would have thought, you know, okay, technology. So many advances are made over the years that all that's possible. But at the same time, if you told me in 1973 that I had just seen my last Knicks championship mm. until <laughs> I, you know, I was approaching 70 years old, that's the thing that would have seemed unbelievable. Because how could how could that happen with the talent yeah. they still had and and you know going forward, figuring, you know, there are more titles to come. How could this be? So Look, I, I know I'm fortunate that I got to witness yeah. that special time, um, but uh, it's 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 mind-boggling to me, given you know New York's center as a, 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 a basketball in the center of the basketball world, that and and, all, and always how attractive or appealing Madison Square Garden is to visiting mm-hmm. players. 
that there was never another title. But again, I, I remain hopeful with this current group. Um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the team is on its way. And um, CP, I'm, I'm, I, I, I know you've, you, you, you've witnessed titles. You're, you're a big Giants fan. Yes, so you, yes, yes. You, you, and and you root for the Yankees, am I correct? Yep. So, so you've you've seen that, but yeah. but I'm telling you, it's going to be different when that parade <laughs> happens <laughs> for the Knicks, and yeah. it will happen. It'll it'll happen, man. And and whether I'm running the show or my son's running the show, I'll uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully I'm there to witness it. You know, somehow, some way, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought a little bit of humor to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but hey, ho- hopefully that the Brunson is a start of something. You gotta hope. Um, but you know, and that's that's why I um and I do wonder whether I have more patience because I've been to the promised land as a mm. fan and I'm willing to, you know, put up with more perhaps. But um and and that's why, you know, when people earlier in the year they start calling for Tibbs head when uh, you know, they had that slow start. Mm-hmm. Um or some other times people are upset with one particular player. They want RJ to go immediately. You know, you got, you got to look at the long term, think of the big picture. Mm. And I know the fans who are younger are frustrated, not never having that title, but you know, sometimes it's a bit of luck, but you just have to let the ingredients come together. Got um, yep. and, 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 and like I say, I think that's happening in, you know, in place right now. And uh, you know, notwithstanding that, difficult loss last night uh you know i i'm still cautiously optimistic uh about where the future is for this team and i say that you know i was listening to one of the radio shows where uh one of the hosts was saying oh if the knicks get wiped out well not get wiped but he said they lose in the first round of cleveland the season's a total failure Uh, yeah i I don't feel that way i i don't feel that way at all yeah um you have to look at the progress they're making as a team and the progress that individuals are making. And again, that's the way we were looking at it back in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't happen overnight. And, and, and that's why, and, and by the way, I'm not saying there's any player on this team who's the equivalent of Willis Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even saying there's someone who's, who, who's the equivalent of what Clyde was. Um, but you don't necessarily need that to win a title, especially mm-hmm. not now. Um, so, uh, again, I, I, I remain hopeful about the future and, uh, I, you know, it's too bad Willis won't be around to, you know, to see that because I know he would have embraced that, uh, because he was, you know, someone so devoted to the Knicks and, uh, but, you know, like I say, I remain hopeful. True indeed, man. Well said, Fred. And, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a great point to end on. For the fans, be patient. Be patient. Let let this thing marinate. And it's very hard to do, Fred, in this in this instant gratification type of world that we live in. And uh, I'm I'm certainly guilty of it, especially going through what we've seen in the '90s and coming close. And well, like you said, you you've seen it, so maybe maybe you do have a little bit more patience in in that regard. But um, Fred, I, I had one, one 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 just last point yeah, about yeah, good, good. you know when Willis's peers. Yeah, yeah. Because one, one, one thing that I think is bad today is that mm-hmm. we have a tendency to judge people by championships. Mm-hmm. And um, Patrick Ewing to me is no less of a champion than Willis um, mm. because he was someone who was a tremendous player who gave his all, you know, and 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 was one of the premier players in the league. But he didn't have Clyde and the Pearl in the backcourt. And I think 
you know, that's something we all have to keep in mind, uh, especially as we think about Patrick versus, say, Willis Reed, um, that you can't let championships define everything. That is the ultimate goal, but it is a team sport mm. and you need the right players to come together. And, you know, and, and Willis obviously was, the, especially was the key guy on the 69-70 championship team. But he had receded somewhat and it was really a, a bunch of players coming together for 73 uh, championship. And, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to the, to the future and what I think is going to happen with this group of Knicks. Well said. Well said, man. Couldn't agree more. I uh, wish, wish we did have some more time here, Fred, but I, I definitely appreciate uh, all the time. You, you jumped on here on a whim. You know, as soon as I heard the news, uh, you and, and Chuck D were the two people who I thought of. I did speak to Chuck before we got on the air. He wanted to come on, but he's actually en route to uh, to Miami, and he'll be at the Knicks versus Heat game tomorrow. So, But he gave me his thoughts and, and also shared um, some sketches that he had of the Captain Willis Reed on Twitter. So if you guys are on Twitter, uh, make sure you guys check that out at Mr. Chuck D. And also check out Fred's book, man, Memoirs of a Knicks Fan. I have my copy here. It's it's right. uh, the title is Fred from Fresh Meadows. Fred from Fresh Meadows, Memoirs right. uh, of a Knicks Fan. So make sure you guys check that out. And 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 I'm glad you didn't ask for any uh, artistic drawings from me. I know how talented <laughs> Chuck D is because I'm the only kid who got an F for my diorama at Coletown <laughs> Elementary School. So. Oh, man. All, all good, Fred. But like, like I said, man, thanks again for sharing so many uh, – so many memories and, and insights on Willis, especially for the generation that never got to see him play. Because like you said, uh, you, you had to be there to really understand the greatness of Willis Reed. So uh, I'm honored to have you on to share those thoughts because... Uh, well, thank you again for having me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And for those of you guys in the chat, thanks again for joining us. I got to jump over to uh, Bleacher Report at four o'clock for a Knicks fan Q&A. So if you guys want to follow me over to Bleacher Report, go ahead and do that. And then we'll be back tomorrow, regularly scheduled program, Knicks versus Heat play-by-play and post-game live. Thanks again for everyone who's tuning in. Uh, we send our condolences to the Reed family, his friends, his teammates, and all those who mourn today. This has been a special edition of Knicks Fan TV. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us.